0: is in the air ladies and gentlemen episode 37 of the it's always something podcast the podcast about everyday pedestrian peasant life life isn't perfect it's always something produced by hurley and big night media live from their studio here in boston massachusetts please subscribe rate comment like share the podcast with the friend you hate the most That way, you can fix the problems that you have, talk it out, and hopefully mend the broken friendship. Two birds, one stone. On the show today, he works for the 17-time champion Boston Celtics, even though I may point out, that 16 Don't of those championships it. were won when people were using horses as transportation. <laughs> A host of the View from the Rafters Behind the Scenes with the Boston Celtics podcast, which has featured guests from Paul Pierce, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver, Ume Udoka. Did I say his name right?
1: Ime Udoka.
0: Ime, Ime Ume, all the way pay. Yeah.
1: make sure he doesn't listen to this.
0: <laughs> I know for sure he doesn't <laughs> listen to this podcast. Um, I think we were on the golf course when you found that, that information. Anyway, along with the official in-house analyst and reporter for the Celtics, please welcome to the show, Mark Domenico, ladies that? and
1: that's, that's the biggest round of applause I've ever received. Thank you're you. welcome,
0: man. Thank All right, you. everyone everyone, sit down. Yeah, everyone take, take sit down. Golf clap. Golf clap, golf. yeah. Um, you're also the, the senior director of digital content what does that mean necessarily
1: is, do i have the longest actually someone a couple of weeks ago i was the longest in, intro yeah, ever i was <laughs> sitting in my media seat at the game a couple of weeks ago and someone walked up and he was like hey man and i had headphones on he's like hey man and i turned over and he's like what's up and i'm like what's going on he's like hey um i'm into like sports analytics and stuff he's like how do I, what do you do how do i get in and i go i go team. what do i do he's like what's your title and i said i <laughs> Like you won't remember it if I tell it to you because it's the longest title in the history of the world. Senior director of digital content and team reporter slash analyst. Okay, so yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I got the management side uh, where I'm kind of working on the back end from you know an admin perspective of I guess executive perspective of what's our big picture of what we're trying to accomplish with our content, um, how are we driving revenue with our content, what not, um, and then the other side is. The day-to-day reporter, analyst, uh, game coverage, practice coverage, etc. I've had to pull back on a little that little bit of that this year as I've gotten more into the executive side. Mm-hmm. Um, but thankfully, I still got the podcast. So,
0: thankfully, no. I mean, you've had some heater guests on, and you know, also today is a Valentine's Day edition of the show because oh when the podcast comes out, it will be Valentine's Day for all you little oh my, little I got lover bugs well, hold out there.
1: On. I got. We're going off the, off tracks. No, I mean, this was planned. So if
0: you're talking about that, go
1: ahead. Valentine's day. I had this conversation with my girlfriend last night. Okay. So literally this morning, I'm like, when I come in, I'm going to tell JD, we, we got to talk about Valentine's day. So last night she's like, you have something planned for Valentine's day. Right. And you know, I'm playing coy. Yeah, we'll figure something out. I got something planned. Do you want
0: to do something? I I do have something planned. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: But she's like, you better have something planned oh, because shit. this is a female holiday. And I'm like, this is a love holiday, right? Like this is about us. And I got this idea in my head and I don't know why this has never happened. Maybe people have said it before, but I feel like what Valentine's day should be is on like even years. Mm-hmm. Okay. The, All right, the girl follow. treats the guy okay. on odd years. The guy treats the girl because it's a relationship, right? It goes both ways. And we're living in a time where we're all equal. Right. A hundred percent. So, I'm preaching here.
0: I think not only it's got to be equal. I feel like not only are you looking to get murdered, but I am not (laughs) interested at all with agreeing with that opinion. How long have you guys been dating? But you want to. No, no, no. But (laughs) you want to. You know you want to. I don't have the cojones to say that, but how long have you and your girl been dating? Like five years. Oh, okay. Oh, so she's in that position where she can threaten you and you like, are they empty threats? Yeah,
1: empty threats. Okay. Empty threats. (laughs) As is me saying that, uh, maybe we'll figure something out. She knows that there's something planned, What's but a, I hate that I have
0: to be the one who does it. I can't side with you here, man. Yes, I don't know you what can. you're are. You, you're baiting here, using your reporter, um, whatever your inside reporter trades are. To, to if bait everyone me into can't that.
1: read his eyes right now, I can. I know he agrees with me.
0: Uh, no, I don't, it's dude. Don't. Fact. What the fuck is happening right now? What is the most expensive thing you've ever gotten her? No comment. Okay. Why? Other than a ring, maybe in the future.
1: In the future, I mean, a I'm car. gonna have to take a loan out for that. Okay. Um,
0: God, I don't know. Maybe I'd that's I'd why she's threatening you so that. much. She's like, "Are you gonna ever get me anything expensive?" No, she's gotten plenty of things. Okay.
1: Over these, you get, over that amount of time, she wouldn't be here if, if I didn't get her plenty Dude, of stuff. This is along the most the
0: sounds like the most toxic relationship. Are you are you okay? Is everyone healthy? Like, is everyone uh, we're good? Is everyone gonna be we're safe good?
1: Here? Listen, I'm speaking for the masses here. I'm speaking for my fellow. Rose out there, I understand. the dudes, the men, we got to be treated every other year for
0: Valentine's Day because it's a love holiday. You're going to find yourself in an alley in the north end. It's so, going to happen. Wait, Hurley, you agree with that? For a guy who's been single for t- about <laughs> 10 he's years, I can't really <laughs> say. Hot take, You're, hot take, hot well, take. Very hot take.
1: And also the only like there was a significant drop off of female female listeners in the first two minutes of this episode Oh, they are well <laughs> they're no gone. they're
0: on there now because the now we have out. created sides the ladies are, are still out. there no they're still there <laughs> um how long have you been with the team have you been 14 seasons
1: 14 seasons 13 years next month
0: and so were you and you were with the um Orlando magic before yep. that, right? For a year? For a year, yeah. Okay, so 14 years, dude. I was twenty yeah. when you started in the wow. game, bro. I couldn't even I was even... only
1: like twenty-two.
0: <laughs> Dang, that's crazy. Um, give me the cliff notes on how you got to your position. Oh my god, cliff notes. I'm All like right. now that guy, the fan asking you yeah. no, what, no what's your title? And now I'm like, hey, give me the cliff yeah. notes first. How, how do I get there? <laughs> yeah. This is
1: how you get there. No, yeah. So a lot of luck plays in i mean if you're gonna land in a role like this or you're gonna work at espn like whatever like yeah. you gotta have a lot of luck i've had a lot of luck but i've also worked for my luck right so like i put myself in position for that stuff to happen i went to ithaca college in new york um don't know if you've heard of it Go bombers um but while i was there i knew that i wanted to work in the nba i grew up like diehard Knicks fan like i used to skip middle school like middle school dances that was like the first time you start being able to be close to a girl the middle school dances i was skipping middle school dances to watch the knicks like on opening night and stuff so this this shit mattered to me right right so when i got to college like everything i did was geared toward eventually working in the nba so long story short one project that i wound up working on i again i tried to work in the nba it was a magazine, long-form magazine article, open-ended topic. You get to choose whatever it's on. I chose to write it on the process of starting expansion sports teams. What a okay. geek! Big time geek! <laughs> Big time geek! If you don't know me, no, that's I like I am. it. All right. So, but the reason I did that is because I wanted to figure out a way to work in the NBA. This is going to date me, like I'm. I'm going to sound like real old right now. But at that time. The Charlotte Bobcats had just started, restarted their franchise in Charlotte. So I'm trying to figure out how that. How can I talk to someone with the Charlotte Bobcats? I'm like a junior, sophomore. I think it was a sophomore at Ithaca College. Like, how am I going to get a hold? So I start going through. Um, we at Ithaca we have this like search engine for alumni, and I type in like Charlotte Bobcats. This guy comes up. Like one person works there from Ithaca. And he winds up being like the guy who's running the show in communications. I can't even remember his name to this day, but so anyway, I get in touch with him. Um, he agrees to do a couple interviews. I put together the story. Uh, I sent him the story afterward and then he called me after and he was like, Hey, listen, like you really impressed me with the way that you handled yourself and operated during the interviews. Um, your story was great. Like I learned a lot cause it wasn't just about that. I wrote it about, um, The Houston Texans had just started up. So I talked to some of the Texans, a couple of lacrosse teams in like upstate New York. Um, And so he was impressed by what I had done basically like in front of him. And he was like, listen, if you ever need any help, reach out. So the following year, um, Ithaca has a, a program called ICLA, Ithaca College, Los Angeles. So there's a campus out there, remote campus that you go and basically you like intern most people go out there to work on like TV shows and, and whatnot to get into the TV or movie industry. I was studying sports journalism. So I got into the program um, and then I have to figure out where I'm going to intern. So who do I call this dude? Cause uh-huh. he's like, Hey, if you uh-huh. ever need help, he's already in the NBA. I want to do anything working in the NBA. Like I told him I'll, I'll scrub the toilets at like Staples center, like whatever I need to do. If that's working for the Lakers, get on my resume. He winds up, lining me up with um, Bill Duffy agency. It's called BDA sports, huge NBA agent. Like he used to, at that time he rep Steve Nash, Yao Ming, Carmelo Anthony. This is like 2008. These are like huge names, like the biggest names in the league. And now his company is built even more to this day. I don't know all of the people that he represents at this time, but um, so I get the internship there getting that on my resume got me my job with the magic post my, after my graduation and then getting the magic on my resume, got me Led the job up here in Boston. And I wanted to come back cause I'm from Western New York, like near Syracuse and Rochester. So I wanted to get back. I, I didn't want to be a flight away. I wanted to be a drive away for my family. Like my buddies getting married and in our twenties and whatnot, I want to be able to just hop in the car and drive five hours. So having the opportunity up here and then at that time, the seas were still, it was the year after they won, so they were still pretty damn good. This is like two thousand nine. I'm like, I might be able to come up there and like mooch off and get a ring, right? Like I'm I'm starting in March. Which they you, might yeah, win the title this right. year. Right,
0: which is really the the pinnacle exactly. of you know, working for an organization. If,
1: if you can get that ring, like I've been here for thirteen years and I want that freaking thing if so If James
0: Harden can chase a ring, oh so, so can Mark God. Domingo. I want it so well,
1: I'm not chasing it like bumping around <laughs> yeah. organizations, yeah. but I want it so bad. Like everyone got it the year before and I got in and they were all like wearing it every day to work. And I'm like, I want it so bad. awesome. And then, um, 2010. So my second season with the team, 2009 KG got hurt. Like Which right, big right when I was interviewing, Oh, word. it was like, I did it. Oh. <laughs> that's how everyone, everyone feels like I screwed it up. So he got hurt. They didn't do well about out early that year. Um, actually that's the year that the magic wound up going to the finals, the year that I left them. Mm. Um, but the next year we went to the finals and that's the year we lost in game seven to Kobe and Pow yeah. in like the final six minutes. We were up at like seven or nine in the final six minutes and we were like winning the whole game. I'm like, I'm about to get this ring. I was already thinking about how I was gonna wear it out in Vegas at the club, just like
0: on the duck boats. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I was thinking about Vegas. Like
0: oh, right. am like <laughs> I'm like, like, that I'm night, like if yeah. I
1: got this on my hand out in Vegas, this is what I was thinking when I was like twenty four, whatever. Sure. Um Not thinking that now, Ashley. I promise. I understand. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Valentine's Day. Yeah, you're already
0: in deep shit, man.
1: Uh, But yeah, so we lost that, and it was the hardest that story that I wrote after that game, and the story that I had to write after the Marathon bombing are the two hardest stories I ever had to write in my life, because it was just like I was so emotionally into that game, and I was like, I'm gonna get it. Like it's gonna happen. Like this is why I came here. And people out there are probably like, you're not even on the team. Like, no man. Like it matters. Like you're in it every single day throughout the season, covering the team every day. You're around them every day. You're a part of it. And a lot of your work is is generating revenue that's allowing the team to pay the players that are on the court. Right. So to lose that game, it was that was brutal. That was is brutal.
0: it is working in the NBA? Because when I think of you know when you when you reach the pinnacle, a lot of people sometimes don't understand how. Like sometimes you get paid way less, but the experience is worth more. And, you know, yep. some people get this, you know, smoke and mirrors version of when you make it to this level, like everything, the, the money's better. The experiences are better. You know, the perks are better. And sometimes they're not. <laughs> no. But, sometimes so my, my question not. to you is when you got this job, not only working for the magic and the Celtics yep. was working in the NBA, all it's cracked out to be for you.
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, like, the first time i walked out onto the court down in orlando it used to be the amway arena that was their old arena shit arena by the way like Mm -hmm. oh my god that we'd go in the back to eat food at like the media section rats running around it was oh my god but i didn't care like I, (laughs) I, i did not care like that's how cool it was and i'm walking out on the court and like sitting on the court and like asking questions to dwight howard at like the pinnacle of Dwight Howard's career. He just got, I covered him in the Olympics that summer, 2008. Um, and so they, I think it was the Beijing Olympics um, where they won the gold. It was the redeem team. Um, so like, I got to ask him the first questions when he came back from that. And like, I'm, I'm in the draft room, not like in the war room, but I'm, I'm in the draft room on draft night. Like the first person who finds out who the Orlando magic are drafting was Courtney Lee that year. I remember it like it was yesterday. Uh, But it was so cool. Like that's what I wanted growing up was to be involved in that. And then fast forward to when I started working for the Celtics, you get a, a few years in I'm on the team plane. Like what I'm on the plane. And like, I mean, Brian Scalabrini sitting in front of me, and that wasn't like a big name to me at that time, but like, not like me and Scal are chill, sure. but like sitting in front of him as like Rashid Wallace and sitting in front of him as like Paul Pierce and KG. And I'm on the friggin' team plane. Are you kidding me? Right. Like, that's wild. Right. I, I When I was growing up, I just wanted to like walk down and, and touch the Madison Square Garden court.
0: That's all you were looking to do. Any way you could feel a part of the experience, like,
1: grab a part of the dirt at, like, Yankee Stadium. Sure, right? sure. Now sure. I'm, like, I get to do this every day? Are you kidding me? I'm on the team plane? Like, that's the thing that blew my mind. And the, the very first time that I traveled, <laughs> I'll never forget this. So we hit, it was the year um, we ended uh, LeBron's first stint with Cleveland. Mm. And in that series, I traveled to Cleveland for a game. and It was the first time I traveled with the team. And we're coming back after a big win. KG was just dominating. Um, oh my, Anton Jameson—he was just like smoking him in the post. And we get on the plane to fly home, and I'm sitting in the back. I'm with my my old boss, uh, Peter Stringer. I don't, know, I don't know if you know Peter Stringer. Um, so we're sitting in the back, and Paul—you know when like the giant ties were, like the very thick knots were in style, without a doubt. So Paul Pierce gets on, and he's got like it's like the thickest knot. It's like double the size of this microphone mm-hmm. i'm like that is the biggest but when you use all of the tie on the knot there's no tie left under right it just dangles like three inches under the knot so all of the players are talking shit to pierce on the plane and i'm sitting in the back just like cracking up and he he looks down he's like who who the who the fuck are you mm. guy in the back new guy laughing at me and i was like and he was like, I'm just, I'm just kidding, man. Like, don't worry about it. But I was like, what's going to happen to me? Like, should I not have laughed at this joke? I'm on the team plane. Am I around? Am I, can I laugh with guys? You were, can you I felt do this? included at the time. I'm like seeing you
0: like laughing with me. I'm like, that's funny, right? Yeah. Right, right,
1: right. Scared to death. But now me and Pete are cool. Yeah, that's Obviously you just came on the podcast last week. So, Did but you tell him that story? I don't. I think I told him that story at some time, but not on that episode.
0: Because you felt like you were included, and then that in that split second, it was all gone. It was.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I'm not
0: allowed to. Right, right, right. Yeah, you were guilty by association. Seriously. Um,
1: But yeah, he said that to me. He was like, "Who the fuck do
0: you think you are?" Yeah. No, new, no, nothing, sir. Guy. Nothing, sir. I didn't mean it. Your tie looks great. <laughs> right, right, right. When it, I um, so I did sports radio. Like I, I love sports, man. Like it's my vice away from you know DJing, yep. and I've all I've played sports my whole life. And when I I was always so hesitant to work in sports because I didn't I, I felt like it would be jaded for me. It was as you know you've been fourteen seasons in, all these like dreams come true places you never thought you would be. Yep. Is sports jaded for you? Like, do you view sports differently? Because when I walk into I a, cl- I can't walk into a nightclub now yep. because I'm, it's, I'm constantly like, it's ruined You're for me. It. Your yeah. your night out experience where people look for the escape that doesn't yeah. exist for me anymore. So it's th- not an uh, escape, yeah. right? It's not an escape. I mean, yeah.
1: when I go to a game, I am still like, every time I sit down and I'm sitting at the game, I, I'm not only sitting there for free. I am being paid to be there. And so every time I sit down, that checks in my head, either either consciously or subconsciously. Like, that's there. Have things changed to an extent? Absolutely. Like, if I shake, like, next month, Kevin Garnett's number is being retired, right? Like, if I shake his hand, it's not going to be like it was the first time I shook his hand. Right. Like it's a little different because I'm a little bit more used to being around these people who, when I was growing up, were like just figures in my imagination. Untouchable. They were, you know, the, the, um, the director of the last dance, I had him, I interviewed him, um, during the, uh, the, the beginning of the pandemic. And he said to him that it was the same way. Like, these people were like two dimensional figures to us growing up because all we did was see them on T V, right? They were two D. And then when you see them in person for the first time, like he was talking about like interviewing MJ and interviewing all all of these Isaiah Thomas, like all of these important figures. Um Barack Obama, he got on there. But like the first time is like holy shit. There's a presence that comes yeah. with that. Sure. But then over time, like it definitely wanes because you feel more comfortable around them. Like you feel like I feel if I saw Jalen Brown, like out to dinner on a weekend, I'd go up and say, what's up, you know, and not be like starstruck because I'm, I feel used to it, you know, at this point. But when I started, um, I, I would have been like, Oh my God, Jalen's over there. It would be so cool to go say hi. Sure. And I don't know if I would, uh, but I definitely would now. But to, back to your point of what else has changed. Like I loved college sports like college basketball used to wake up on Saturday and like watch college basketball all day. I'd never watch college ball anymore. Mm. It's because I'm so in on this and like the job is consuming and like, you've only got so much other time. And part of it is because I'm, I'm 36 at this point. I've got a dog, I've got a girlfriend, like I own a home. Like these are things that take up time. Right. When I was 23, 24, 25, I had all day on Saturday. I just woke up, hung over, ordered some food, and, like, threw the TV on and watched basketball all day, right? Yeah, So, and same thing with, like, during football season. Like, every Sunday, like, that's what I did. But it's not like that You still
0: get the sports tingle? You know, like, if it's a close game, you know, those are the feelings that, like, I I just want to, I would, I'd be sad that, you know, that those feelings wouldn't be intact. I wouldn't get the electric, the electricity inside my soul. It
1: literally, like. I still feel that cool. like there's no question about that's pretty that, cool. especially when the games matter. Like right. when you get into the playoffs, that's the one thing that I love about living in this city and working for the Celtics. Like it's so weird it, when it's like when it's April and the playoffs are starting, I get out of my car at work and it's like something is in the air. Like it feels different. And that's just like walking on the street. No one around me in particular wearing Celtics here. It just, like, feels, I don't know if it's in my head or what. No,
0: I agree. It just comes with the city, man. It's just something you can't describe. And
1: then when you get in to the arena, then it's just, oh, oh my God. Right. When we were in the finals in 2010, um, the Lakers flew, like, all of their staff out to Boston for a game. There were a bunch of interns who actually came with them. And I remember I was up in the Halo, level 9, at the Garden, because I didn't get good seats at that time. Mm-hmm. And we're up there, and th- before the game even started, these interns were like, holy shit, these people are nuts. Like, they care so much. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, it's a little different than Lakerland, yeah, isn't it? for sure. Yeah, Tinseltown, yeah, no, they're, no just, they're just there to get their to picture taken.
0: Right, right, right. We got yeah. LeBron's a bitch on a T-shirt outside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, we got we got bad things going on. Yeah,
1: it's different, man. It's different. Um Go ahead. But the, the tingle... Still there. definitely there.
0: Speaking of electricity in the building, you famously shot the video of Taco <laughs> Fall entering the game a few years back. I think it's gotten close to 9, Nine million views. I think it's views. over 9 million
1: views. So yeah. Mark
0: filmed this moment inside the garden and I'm still debating whether people looked at taco fall as a joke or a, like a legit player because he's just gigantic. If you're not familiar, taco fall is how tall he's
1: seven, six,
0: seven, six. He's yep. just a gargantuan yeah. creature. And he's a
1: really good dude. And too. he's
0: a great dude. And he obviously made it to the NBA. So he's extremely talented, but you know, in these blowout game scenarios, the, the garden just wanted to see taco play. And so Mark was behind the bench and got this video of Brad Stevens, the coach at the time, you know, ramping up the crowd to get Taco. Because they're all fu- chanting Taco, toc- or toc- we yeah. want Taco. Right, and so you get this incredible moment of Brad egging on the fans, signaling Taco to come over, and talk, talk me through that moment of you being in the right place at the right time yeah. and knowing when to film that moment. So just take me through yeah. that moment.
1: So, I mean, throughout the development of my career and like social media has become more and more important. Like you, you always want to be ready for something. And so that particular situation I had, the chance had been going and That wasn't the first time that that had happened. Like the fans want to see taco every single night, right? Like even on the road, they were chanting, we want taco, which is insane for like the 15th It's just such a fun name roster. to say. It, right. And it, it fits. People were in taco outfits. Like it happens. Sure. Um, so <clears throat> I, I, when the chance started happening and it was a blowout, so I knew it was going to happen. I set my phone to like not go to sleep, right? Like the screen was always on. And so I I had the screen was on, I had video clicked and I was just ready for like whenever the moment started to pick up the phone and hit record. That's all I had to do. And so um, (laughs) I did that and I was like, Oh my God, this is such a great video. Brad Stevens is egging the fans on to, like, cheer louder to be able to put the player in. Like, Brad never does anything like that. And so um, I watched it back. I can't remember who was sitting next to me. Uh, it was the sideline reporter for the Cavs. And I was like, look at this video. It's hilarious. And I didn't think – I thought it was hilarious. I didn't think it was 9 million views hilarious. It's how
0: all these things it's start. Crazy.
1: It's crazy. So in hindsight – and I actually just had a conversation in the office about this today, about that exact video. In hindsight, being an employee of the Celtics, I should have sent that to our social team to post on the Celtics social media. Uh, but in the moment, and, like, honestly, I, truth, I'm, I'm, like, hand on heart. I did not think it was going to go wild. Like, maybe a couple hundred retweets. This was flying off the shelf on every single, like Bleacher Report, ESPN. They're all reaching out to me. Hey, can we put this on? And I'm like, sure, like, I don't care. And then it just kept going and going and going. And, like, the DMs are coming in of, like, hey, we want to use this. Do we have the rights, blah, blah, blah. And so that was great. But then I was like, "Uh uh-oh, like, this thing's going wild, and it didn't come from the Celtics account, which is really what I should have been thinking. But in that moment, again, like, it's – when you're in it, it's hard to – sometimes it's hard to think from that perspective of, mm-hmm. especially for me, like at that time we had two social media people who I thought that they probably got their own angle of it. Um And so I just posted it and like, it went wild and it was crazy Um that <laughs> it's still like,
0: it still every goes t-
1: every time taco has a, a game for like the calves or, or anywhere his right. birthday. Like anytime <laughs> something comes up with taco that gets brought back up and that's how it like went over 9 million. Yeah. Uh, but Yeah, it was a crazy experience.
0: I admire you for even thinking that way that you should have given it to the Celtics first. Well, I mean, You know, because you're a reporter, you know, like those are the things that if I followed you, Mark, I would want to see. And so I don't expect... I expect the Celtics to be kind of more corporate with stuff like that. And, you know, more like player-driven or um, not a cell phone video. Like, you know... But you've
1: got to think... So, like, I mean, our Twitter account started while I was here, right? Like, I, I helped to start our Facebook. I helped to start our... Twitter. Our Instagram was started by our creative director, Keith Sliny, who's awesome. Um many of the looks and feels that you see on our Instagram account are all him mm-hmm. um and his uh the, the guy that he manages, Jack. Um but so I've kind of been in the social realm for that entire time and for more than half of the time that I've been with the Celtics, I was partly responsible for running that account. Recently, within the last, like, five years, it got moved to our, we, we actually started a social team, which, awesome, like, every team should have it, and so, as an employee of the team, like, th- that's really how we're supposed to be thinking, um, and we hadn't really discussed it at that time, um, th- so there weren't really parameters of what we're supposed to do if we, if we get a great video like that, and so, I was just thinking, okay, cool video, they probably got it, too, for our social team, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to mm-hmm. post it. Not the best decision, but, I mean, it, it was great. It was, <laughs> Don't beat yourself up over I, it. I then. know. I, I mean, as an employee of the team, yeah. I, I admit I probably, actually, I definitely should have sent it to our to our social team first, but I didn't, can't take it back, and now it's got 9 million views, and it's yeah. awesome to see it continue to roll. Listen,
0: man, I think I kind of know the reason why you didn't, and I think we can all agree in the room were trying to get some fucking clout bro (laughs) sounds like you were trying to build your audience and you said the celtics have millions of followers not paying attention to a marquee over here
1: it would be nice if that was true but i'm telling you that's not how i was thinking i Uh, (laughs) I just thought it was like it's happened that's the weird thing about being employed by the team like amanda flugrad who you know very well has to deal with it yeah our writer uh taylor snow who's around the team every day like it's so hard to figure out that barometer of like what's great enough that we need to share it with our social team and what's not great enough for us to just put out on our own channel so that we don't flood our social team with, like, a 100 things every week, but we also get them, like, the most important stuff that they should be posting natively because that's how the Celtics are going to grow at Celtics on Twitter, right? Like, that's you've got to post the great stuff to be able to engage your fans. So that's the main priority of our our department and our jobs is to engage the fans.
0: I totally understand it. And listen, I mean, I worked in radio, so I had that battle constantly, yeah. you know, of things where if something got a crazy amount of views for me, I'm like thinking, oh, i that would have benefited the radio station a lot, so right. I I understand that internal battle. <laughs> yeah. But I also want you to celebrate your victories. <laughs> no, I God. mean it, it's awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, take I, ownership. I shot that shit. Nine I, million I strong. Did. What you gonna do about it? I, I they can pay you for it. The they can pay you for ready. the rights, man. They <laughs> can take you can take it off a pin tweet. You know I'm what telling happened?
1: you, man. I'm not gonna go. Yeah. Well.
0: Okay. Let's. I real quickly because I know we have some Celtics fans listening. You know the Celtics after last night, 31 and 25, seventh in the East. Next five games, look—they look pretty tough, other yep. than the Pistons, right? The trade—the li- trade deadline is tomorrow. As this airs on the fourteenth, things will have already, already have happened. happened. In your opinion, because I will judge you as a reporter, thinking you know that you know everything about the Celtics. What do you think the Celtics need to do, if anything, before the trade deadline?
1: It's interesting that you asked that today, because if you asked it six weeks ago, I'd have a it's completely, completely different Completely different because they were trash, and and the. What I want to know, eventually, like with Brad Stevens, I want to know if his mind has changed, mm. or if someone like him can see through what we all saw on the court during games. Like, can he see through that and know, like, no, things are going to be all right? Like when Danny was here, it felt like he always knew that type of stuff. Did Ime Udoka knew that? Know that everything was going to be all right in the long run if the team wound up getting healthy, which that's been the biggest part of this turnaround, by the way. The team's healthy, no COVID, no injuries. Like, that's what's happened. Um, and so to answer your question, like, can they bolster some shooting off the bench? Yeah, but like, their starting five is the best starting five in basketball right now, and it's been that way for weeks at this point. Um, the bench is playing well. Um, Grant Williams and Josh Richardson have been awesome. Um, and so like, Dennis Schroeder's been awesome. Um, he's been better as a starter, but when he comes off the bench, he's been great too. And so you've got legit a legit eight right there, and then you've got some talented young guys beyond that. But if you had maybe a little bit more established shooting coming off the bench, like obviously that's always great to put around guys like Jason and Jalen who can really break the defense down. Marcus Smart can break the defense down. He's a great playmaker. So that's probably like the one area that I would say that they could potentially improve in, and that's just... That's disregarding the obvious goal of adding a third star. If that can't happen, then I think the next best thing is to
0: add some bench shooting. Look at you just tiptoe around that, man. Look at that. And look <laughs> Am at I you, a professional? Look at, you, look at you tiptoe around that. <laughs> you want that me to thing. name names? No, well, listen, I see a lot of people yes. talking about Dennis Schroeder. And, I, I, you know, whether it was for contract reasons or whatever. So when you say, like, uh, what, what player could you not see on the Celtics come tomorrow? Like is there I a would player say,
1: specifically? I would say I won't answer that. question. Okay,
0: there we go. That's that's <laughs> what I was getting at. Okay, fair enough. Because right, you know, in my spare time, I'm actually a, a reporter for the Peanut Gallery there Cousin go. Tribune. Okay, well, and I feel like I know everything when it comes to my okay. team. Um, and I has 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 the team ever taken one of your suggestions? You know, like if you're a, a reporter. <laughs> You know, like and they and they they saw it, you know, randomly on Twitter or like something during the game. Have they ever taken one no, of your suggestions? No.
1: Absolutely not. Oh, that'd be kinda tight though. No, I mean it would. Yeah. Like Yeah, that was my adjustment. Right. Brad just put my adjustment into the. You game. know what? We like,
0: do need more a better bench player. Yeah, yeah Mark is right. Yeah,
1: no, I don't think that's happened. No. <laughs> so it's never happened. No, that's Oh never man,
0: I feel no. like I would be I would be yapping so much. They'd be like, you know what, man? This guy's always talking about how you know Damian Lee is not going to be enough. We have to, you know, maybe we should, you know, Bob Myers. What do you think? You know, maybe we should ship him out. Can you believe that guy? JD is always right. <laughs> I thought he was just he was just He's a reporter. This guy's right. a genius. You why, know why is he not like signed as our, our assistant GM? Uh, listen, we're. Boots on the ground, you know. we the we sometimes the the outside looking in, and sometimes those ideas are are fresh. Have you, as a player, ever confronted you for something that you've said? No, never, never happened never once. Happened. With never as happened. many takes or as many opinions as you've had, well, it's never it, happened. Here's
1: the thing: is that I'm not a hot take guy. Well, you and could be I truthful, never, and they I, they
0: give you a lower because NBA players can be sensitive. You know, and you're when you were on the road a lot, you know, you're asking these questions like no it's, players it's ever never happened.
1: It's never happened. Interesting. The closest. <laughs> <laughs> the closest that's ever happened, and you can Google this, folks, is um, Perk and I went back and forth on Twitter. It, it was, like, about Russell Westbrook and, and Kevin This was Durant recent,
0: within the last year or two?
1: No, this was, like, probably three years ago okay, at this point, right. two to three years ago. And I don't even remember exactly how it unfolded, but I replied to a, a tweet by Perk, and Perk and I are cool, so then he replied to me. We were basically going back and forth about, like, who is the best Thunder player ever and what his interpretation of those exact words were versus my interpretation of those exact words. And he was basically saying, like, Russell Westbrook is the greatest Thunder player ever because he had been there for so long. And I was like, Kevin Durant is the greatest player who has ever played for that franchise. So we were viewing it from two different perspectives, but we were tweeting back and forth from those two different perspectives and then KD inserted himself into the conversation oh, and it shit. and it just went wild. but he didn't say anything like cuz I wasn't talking badly about him and I wasn't talking badly about Russell Westbrook either like what an incredible career he had with the Thunder before he moved on but I was just saying the greatest player who's ever played for the Thunder is Kevin Durant and so KD jumped in and like that went viral wound up on on sports center and ESPN and that's another moment where I was like oh shit yeah yeah because like I probably shouldn't have been. I should involved. have tagged the Celtics
0: in this. Yeah, no, we could have gotten. No, it sorry. was. I
1: probably shouldn't have even gotten into the conversation. <laughs> because listen, when you when you work for the team, it is different. It is not the same as Chris Forsberg working for NBC Sports Boston, or Jay King working for The Athletic, or Tim BonTEMPS working for ESPN everything that we do is through a marketing prism, right? Like I'm, I'm technically a part of our marketing department. Mm -hmm. So everything that we do and say has to be done through that prism. And like back in the day when we first started the Twitter account, my boss and I always operated on like, if you wouldn't send it out on the Celtics account, you shouldn't send it out on your own account. Now that was like way back (coughs) in the day. We were like super, super conservative at that time. It's, it's definitely not at that point. Now it's loosened up quite a bit, but every time I think about hitting send, I I do have to think f- through that prism. Amanda has to do it. Taylor has to do it. Like all of us internally, who are like public-facing employees, same dude. We have to think that same.
0: Way. Yeah. If I if I wouldn't if I couldn't say it to my GM, I wouldn't say it on the air. Yeah. So go ahead, continue.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, that's about it. I mean, right, it's just, right. we just have to we have to be mindful about.
0: If you wouldn't say it from the Celtics account, then you shouldn't necessarily say like it.
1: it. For instance, I can't rip on refs during a game oh. because technically, the Celtics could get fined for that. Right. Like I could get the team fined by me, like shitting on the refs, which I don't ever do. Um, there's been like a couple of things where I've questioned like calls. What is or, the, what yeah, is the rule for this? Sure. Play, like stuff like that, but I've never like directly like.
0: Think of how popping your Twitter account would be, though, if you were like, hey, Jalen ain't playing so hot. What do y'all think? Should we look into exploring the trades? Like, think of how no, my, crazy you could grow the the Twitter brand. I, I wouldn't grow it because I <laughs> yeah. wouldn't be employed. Right. That's the whole point. Right. Uh, when I was coming up, I, I remember making CDs with, you know, um, intros on them and stuff like that to try to get better, you know, and I would be practicing in my car and then obviously I would have the shitty shifts, you know, whether it was inevitably, hopefully a good weekend shift, but I was doing overnights and whatever. And, you know, that's how as an on-air personality, you would get better. But I, I couldn't help. I was thinking last night of putting myself in your shoes or reporter shoes and asking myself, how do you get better? as a reporter, like what are your shitty reps? Like, yep. cause you are in front of the lens yep. and it's completely different from me being able to maybe pre-record something yep. or, you know, mess up live and it's really not that big of a deal. Yeah, Especially in, t- in today's age where a lot of that shit would go viral. How do you get better as a reporter and get those reps?
1: It's crazy. Cause I didn't get any of those reps really during college, which is where I, I like a lot of people who get into this business when they go to school, they're, like, working for the school TV station or radio station, like, whatever it is. I was playing college football, so, like, and I, I didn't play, but I was on the team. Um, but that took up a lot of time. And so I didn't even, like, spring ball. Like, I had to get up in the morning and go to practice every day. Like, I didn't have time to go do the radio or the TV stations. I just didn't have the time. So I didn't get those reps during college. When I came up here, we weren't doing any video we started to do some video within the first year or two that I started up here. And my boss is like, like we just had a handy cam. He's like, Hey, what do you think about like us doing some standups after the game? And I'm like, sure. Like I did a couple during college, <laughs> like mm. literally for classwork. I was like, I'm down. And so there's probably something on YouTube from some like archives. Years ago. Some oh my ma- God. Yeah. There's gotta be some horrible stuff out there from back in the day when I was barely making any money. Like my, 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 My tie was like the same color as my shirt. Like, oh God. Um, hopefully, if people try to go find that right now, they don't find it. Oh, they're going to
0: find it. I don't know. We'll (laughs) see.
1: I feel like maybe our YouTube got purged at some point, but I, I hope, like, pray to the Lord. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, that's when I first started getting reps of like being on camera. And then just over the course of years and years, just more and more reps. And we had, um, Christine Leahy I don't know if that yeah name it sounds Isabel. familiar yep. yeah so it does she, Absolutely. she was um she went to Fox Sports she was um like the the female co-host with um Colin with Colin Cowherd. Cowherd yeah. yeah and then um she was the host of American Ninja Warrior she does her own so thing now yeah I believe big time. so yeah right. she got big time but she started out as our in arena host and then we we're like hey let's start having her do some hosting for us for the website and then her and I started doing like post-game breakdowns of the games like um and so i did some work with her and like her her thought of me on camera is probably horrendous (laughs) because this was at the beginning right like i was not good and i'm not saying i'm great though
0: mark you know
1: there's a lot of people that are just natural sure i mean i was not i mean i'm a natural talk in sports but when the camera was on i was i was not very good at that time yeah it's understandable and so um you know, we moved on through the years, like Molly McGrath was with us, who now is huge at ESPN, um, and then um, Emily Austin, and now we've got Amanda. So I've I've kind of had a bunch of different partners to work with over the course of time, and I've had a ton of reps, like, obviously to doing live stuff, doing live-to-tape stuff, and it's just gotten better and better over time. And then I've obviously studied the craft from, you know, people uh, who work for different stations and mm-hmm. networks and whatnot mm-hmm. to you know, try to anything you can grab. Exactly. Try to try to make myself better. I mean, every time I write a script, um, like I, I do some voiceover stuff for us. Like if if we're putting together like a feature, every time I write a script, I want to write it as if I'm Tom Rinaldi. Tom Rinaldi is the best script writer in the sports industry. He's just unbelievable. Um, and so like watching his stuff makes me think about how I'm going to write a script and like pronunciate the words and, and the pace of it and whatnot. And, It's the same thing with being on camera um, in terms of, like, hosting and being an analyst and whatnot. So it's a continual evolvement. Like, it's just the same thing for you probably, right? Like, you're not at the top of the top in terms of where you can get to in terms of, like, your skills as a DJ and whatnot. Like, you can probably get better by watching other people and how they mix their sets up and whatnot. It's the same thing for me.
0: Fair, but it's just that the camera is always what was the separation um, that I draw from that. What designates a good reporter from a shitty one?
1: Good questions. Good questions. So what makes a good question? I I hate, and I I actually talk to some college students every now and then uh, through a couple of my friends who are professors, and, like, they ask similar questions. And I'm like, ask an actual question. So if someone asked me, if I was a player and someone said, talk about the first quarter, is that a question? Right that,
0: right. that could range from it's anything. It's not a question. Right. right, it's, right. A statement. it's a statement. Talk right, about right. blah, blah, oh, blah. Okay.
1: Right, right, right. Ask a question. What, what happened at the five-minute mark when X, Y, and Z? Like, ask a question. Use who, what, where, when, why. Like, these are the things that... And I'm not saying that people who don't do that are not good at their job. But, in my opinion, the best way to do the job is to ask good questions. If you ask good questions... You're going to get good answers. Um, so many people used to ask KG or Rajan Rondo yes or no questions. You know, like <laughs> they would just answer it by yes or no because they they were literally rubbing it in their face that they asked them a yes or no question. I was trying to think of a yes or no question there in my head. Um, I gotcha. But you can't ask a yes or no question because if it's not someone who's like really nice – they're just going to say yes or no. And then that, that's your fault because you yeah. didn't ask a good question. So. Yeah, and
0: I remember I remember uh, Dan Patrick always said, you don't go viral off of the question, you go viral off the answer. Yep. So you just yep. try to do your best to ask this question to hopefully like a specific question to get that analysis exactly. or whatever it may be. I, that always stuck with me. Um, what is the most underrated part of your job? Underrated? Because, I mean, you have to study a lot. You have to, I would imagine, you are You have to observe. So, you know, like, you're constantly yeah. doing that. What would be underrated to you? Jeez.
1: Underrated. Um, I mean, it's so hard because I feel like all of the, the cool things that are a part of my job, like, any kid would be like, that's awesome. Like, it, it wouldn't be underrated. But the most underrated thing to me is, like, Being able to establish relationships with guys over the course of time. Um, Like, I still text Avery Bradley every now and then. Like, he hasn't played for the the Celtics for years. Jay Crowder, Isaiah Thomas. Like, I've got relationships with these guys that, you know, if something happens with their family or maybe they see something that happens with mine that, you know, is going on on social, they can text me or or DM me or whatever. And, like, that to me is really cool. That, like, there's some of these guys who – literally made it to the pinnacle of their profession played in the best league in the world played at a high level some of them still do and like i have a relationship to the point where they're cool with me reaching out to them and i'm cool with them reaching out to me that that to me is really cool um is it underrated i don't know because i feel like anyone would feel that's awesome
0: yeah but i mean probably i mean the fact that that's probably something you don't talk about often, but like internally you're like, this is kind of tight. So I mean the underrated perk of, yeah.
1: And it's, it's just about, it's, it feels cool to have these people who you grew up thinking are like, like we talked about earlier, two dimensional characters, like fictional characters, having them be like real people that are just down to earth. Right. And like, they care about you too. Like Evan Turner too. Like he's another guy, like he he'll reach out to me every now and then if he see something that I tweet and, like, he, he'll he record a voice memo and shoot it to me, like, his thoughts on, on that tweet. Like, that's cool. Uh, it's really cool that the guys establish enough of a relationship with me that it's an actual relationship mm-hmm. as opposed to, like, just a work relationship, you know? Who's
0: a, who's a player that not only the public but also the media has completely wrong?
1: I don't know if there's any of them. I don't know if there's any of them. I mean, the easy answer is Kyrie, but I don't think people have Kyrie completely wrong. My time around, around Kyrie was not nearly as, like, bad as a lot of people in other places that he's worked at have talked about. Um, I enjoyed my time around Kyrie. Um, you know, that, that, I don't think there's anyone that's just been, like, completely, like, portrayed as something that they're not. Sure. Um, most people it's because it's pretty
0: cool that you that you it's fair like everything yeah. everything has been pretty much on brand for the, brand most, part,
1: for the mean, most part Boston like Boston's intense because of how much people care about the sports Boston is not a market where like the media members are gonna walk in and like have a horrible relationship with the players because they're trying to like talk them into saying the wrong thing you know what I mean like mm-hmm. you go to new york mm-hmm. and in l a and, LA and some of these markets where it's all about the headline uh, and, like, making noise with things that, you know, maybe the players shouldn't have said, whatever. It's not like that here, really. Like, here, they're talking, like, the reporters, like the Boston Globe and, you know, whatever, they're coming in and they're literally asking questions about the game. Like, they want to know about the game. They're not going to try to get you to, like, fumble, say the wrong thing. Yeah. Um, And so that's why I think that, the players have generally had pretty good relationships with the media here. And that has led everyone to be portrayed, I guess, in, in the, the way that they should because they're comfortable being themselves with the media.
0: And Kyrie did that shit to himself, bro. He'd be talking crazy in front of fans. And, you know, that just, that was, that was a layup for everybody else to get on him. So that completely made sense to me. Um, I want to ask you real quick what was it like working during the COVID? season wild
1: (laughs) (laughs) absolutely wild yeah because you know our our president rich gotham always says like we're a live events business Mm -hmm. right like that's what we are we are a live basketball business people come to the arena to watch basketball and then obviously there's a lot more people who watch from home but the product is live events um when that was stripped from
0: us mm-hmm. out of
1: nowhere in, like, what was it, March 12th of 2020? Sure. Was it
0: 2020. 2020? Yeah. Oh, my God. No one knows so, what yeah. day it is. <laughs> it's it's wild. It's okay.
1: Uh, but when that was stripped and we had nothing in the middle of a season, and as a as an organization, we're trying to figure out, like, how are we going to fulfill all of our corporate partnership obligations, Facts. all these contracts that, yeah. are, that are supplied um, or that, that we need to fulfill? Um, how is our regional sports network, NBC Sports Boston, our partner, how are they going to continue their to stay bread. alive? Because there's no games now. So sure. what are they doing? Right. So we came up with this plan of kind of rebroadcasting the top old games from the past and um scowl had like doc come on for some games and you know some of his his former players come on for the games to like broadcast him but um it was just so crazy because like our product was not available anymore and so we had to figure out how the hell we were going to stay afloat um and so that's actually when i had that interview with um the last dance director who i who i talked about earlier um jason Hare. um we we were doing a celebrity series, which we've never done before, but that we we were just thinking, of, okay, what are ways that we can engage our fans by bringing some people on. Just scrapping like, anything. Yeah. Together, like I we like, got yeah. Maria Menounos to come on. Um, he came on. Um, we got the mayor of Boston like to talk about growing up in the city, but then also about like where we were with COVID at that time. Like we were just like trying to figure out how to keep going yeah. um, and what other types of content we could generate during that time. And so that was it for about like three or four months. And then the wind started to come through that the the bubble was going to happen. And so Uh we had to figure out, okay, are we allowed to have anyone at the bubble? Okay. We can have one person inside the bubble. Who's that going to be? How are we going to operate? We were allowed to have one person. So that person was our producer. So like with the video camera, he was our photographer with, with the, photography 12 jobs at once everything sending back to everyone else to like figure out what we were going to do with it oh sorry you're good um slap the mic um and so that was that was just a wild experience and then you get out of that in i think our season ended in september
0: of that year yeah because it was was a quick start yeah middle of end
1: of september and then like the draft is right after that pretty yeah, much like, like yeah. within a month or two actually it Hi, wasn't everyone come
0: back in an hour yeah. we're gonna drop the next year <laughs> it, it, it
1: wasn't right after our season ended because we didn't get to the finals but like when the finals ended and it was like I think it was like 12 days later or something was the draft it was insane and then a week after that the season started it was just crazy of like how much was packed into from I think the bubble started in July so from July to December 25th of 2021 is that what it was? 2020? Right. Yeah, it was
0: 2021. Stop. That. Don't do it to yourself, I mean, man. I We've I all been there. Yeah. Whatever all, it was yeah.
1: when, when we had gotten through the start of the pandemic. Yeah. I think it was 2020.
0: 2020 was the start of the pandemic. Yeah.
1: So it was July of 2020 to December of 2020 was just insane. And then you just keep going because then you've got a whole season to work through. Mm -hmm. And then last year we basically had a short off season. We go right into, uh, into the next season. So, um, it was, it was just a crazy, crazy process, um, of jamming basically three seasons back to back to back. And the only time that we were off during that time period was during the pandemic where we had to figure out how to keep our business going.
0: Right. So right. It, it was crazy. I mean, you were in that boat with everybody. Yeah. For sure. I just, I can only, I can only imagine. Let's go into the final two minutes. I'm going to call this okay. the final two minutes. Final Mark D'Amico content. from the Celtics here. So the best food at the practice facility.
1: Can I be honest with you? Yeah. I don't get to eat at the practice well, facility.
0: Well, what do you think? What's available? Like, do you so know? I'll say What, this. what do you wish I'll you could eat this. at the practice I'll say facility?
1: This. Our chef, Chef Nick, is bomb like everything he makes is awesome so like he used to prepare all of our meals when i was traveling with the team up until COVID started i was traveling to like every game when we would get to the airport to get on the plane they were there would be meals that were made by him by him and his staff and they were like bomb every time like he he's so good um he's given me you know some stuff when actually he he actually gave me a thing of chili when i was out there one time it was so good um but that's the only thing that i've eaten the practice facility i know that they have some damn good stuff out there i just don't know what's on the menu and, damn, it, and it changes all the time i wish i could give you that but uh i mean i've been in the kitchen but i haven't been in there to eat i'll yeah. tell you that it's like it's it is closed off for basketball operations like that's who there's like a wall that like i can cross Shot collar yeah like no, i just <laughs> i can't go in there uh no but like i i go on that side of the building Occasionally, mm-hmm. but I don't go in there to like eat food and do that. So that's really for like Brad and his staff, the coaching staff, the trainers, the players. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so there's there is a separation there.
0: It's the dumb shit I think about. The best prank you've seen someone pull on the road or
1: on the road or here. The best prank that I've ever seen pulled just like From by, a player. by the players. Yeah. Oh my God. Who was it? I think it was Jalen Brown. I think Marcus Smart. And some other guys. You know those giant bags of popcorn? Mm -hmm. Like
0: gigantic gigantic
1: ones. ones. Like a lot of mascots around the league will like dump it on Dump it on the fans fans or opposing fans. So they, they, I think they opened up a window or like the sunroof of, I think it was Jalen's car. I might be wrong. They did it to someone on the team. And they filled the whole car with popcorn. Like up to the brim. Like you couldn't see inside the car. It was just popcorn. So that was the best one that I've seen done
0: pretty solid imagine that in like a like a Bentley or something like that (laughs) whatever they deserve it um the best I think (laughs) he was
1: whoever it was was driving like a Corolla or something at that time it was was, was, yeah it wasn't it wasn't anything crazy what's
0: the best rookie duty you've seen someone have to do
1: um grab donuts before a flight
0: grab donuts yeah
1: like they had to run to um like Krispy Kreme or you know one of the donut shops it wasn't Dunkin Donuts because we were down south um I, geez, I remember you're asking me off the cuff, so I can't remember like the names of who, who it was, but sure. I, there was someone on the team who loved a particular type of donut in a specific and, city. So anytime we were in a city that had those like a vet, anytime we were in a city that had those, like one of the rookies had to go get it before the flight, even if the the flight was at like seven thirty or something, <laughs> he had to go get the donuts before they were on the flight. But it's, it's
0: not... What are they, Uber there? Like, how the fuck do you expect yeah. some rookie to, like, who takes them there? They just say, figure Uber. it out?
1: Uber all day. <laughs> I've seen, like, there there are, there are way more pro athletes that use regular, like, like Uber Xs than you would think. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Like, if I was driving an Uber and, like, Jalen Brown jumped in the back or something or Jason Tatum, I'd be like, what the... What are you doing We're, here? Yeah, what? <laughs> Don't you have your own driver? Like, Get out, dude. Yeah, Why like- are you in here? <laughs> you Are you really in my like Right. I said Toyota Corolla, but like
0: Yeah Right. All right, so no offense to anyone who drives a Toyota Corolla,
1: but like it's it's not not it's not what the players are driving. (laughs) So
0: someone went to go pick up some donuts. All right. Um what player would you want to beat at horse or you think you can beat at horse right now?
1: I don't think I could beat any of them.
0: Hey, horses for anything because you're you're doing just trickery and it's just a matter you just need to make five in a row, Mark. If I
1: could beat one of them. It would obviously have to be Jason Tatum because I think he's going to be the one long term who is viewed by generations as like the best player from this generation of the Celtics and it would be pretty damn cool to be able to tell like my grandkids like yeah I beat Jason Tatum in horse one time back in 2024. He shouldn't he have just ma-
0: signed this extension. Yeah. He
1: broke his ankle on the final shot, and I got fired from my job <laughs> after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, then you could film the whole thing and then give it to the Celtics, yeah. and they could put it on their account. Yeah, Remember, yeah, Mark, th- you got to put it on it their account. It would go account. viral, 9, 10,
1: 11 million views.
0: <laughs> um, the dumbest question you've ever asked or the most embarrassing moment?
1: Easy. Uh, when I was down in Orlando, it was like, the second day I had been covering the team from like a training camp perspective, mm-hmm. and JJ Reddick was standing out there and I had never worked at the pace that it was at that time. And so like all my days, kind of like we're talking about here, the years of blending, the days were all blending together. And so I went in there and I was like, Hey JJ. And he's like, yeah. And I'm, I'm like in the back of the circle, the media circle. And I'm like, um, so, so, Two days of practice in. Um, I think you guys have three practices at this point. You know, like, like, where do you think the team stands right now? And he's like, first of all, it's been, like, five days, and we've had, like, eight practices. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I think you should straighten that out. But I, as, a like, a kid who had just started, and J.J. Reddick, who, like, obviously is one of the most popular college players of all from time. Duke, yeah. He had only been there for a couple years, and so, like, I had been following him from afar on TV and whatnot. And so for him to base, he basically just like called me out in front of all of the media members there, like 20 or 30 dudes who then I probably looked like an idiot to them for, and they Not didn't respect me for the longest right. amount of time. Yeah. But yeah, I was like, oh, wow, it's been that many days. It's been that many practices. Wow. They're all just like blending together to me. But that was the most embarrassing moment by far of, uh, like someone calling me out about it. I keep hitting the mic. You're okay, man. Uh, I'm used to live mics. <laughs> Um, But, yeah, that was definitely the most embarrassing moment that I had from a, asking a bad
0: question. What Celtic do you wish you could be for a day? Who makes the most money? <laughs> right,
1: right. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we're back to Tatum again.
0: <laughs> Tatum after his next he, Supermax. He,
1: he, yeah. Hey, You'd be making $80 million a year at that point. You're going to be able to buy the door then,
0: bruh. All right, before you get out of here, man, I I do something called real advice that I obviously just put on a reel and throw up on the gram. What advice would you give maybe to uh, a good piece of life advice that someone has given you, your best career advice someone has given you? Um, This is your opportunity to just air out whatever you feel is in your heart.
1: I mean, we talked about a little earlier that like you can make your luck, but one thing that, when, when I was in college, I was so afraid to you know, network, you know, that, that word that we throw out there in quotes of network. I was like, what is networking and how, you, how do you do it? What it is is you, you got to have the balls to approach people and not care what their reaction is going to be. You've got to try to establish relationships with as many people as possible. Like, within whatever realm you're trying to grow within, you need to network within that realm. And if that requires you to like reach out to people on LinkedIn or like, you know, I text you to try to get a hold of this DJ who has a connection to this DJ, like do what you got to do to be able to get in touch with the people that you need to get in touch with and then impress them and just be yourself at that point. But that's the biggest thing is like take risks and don't care about what people think about you and really be outward bound. Don't, don't, don't be like an inward person. You've got to be outward to be able to make your career take off. And not to say that my career has like taken off, but I wouldn't be here if I didn't like push those boundaries and get uncomfortable with like reaching out to people and networking my ass off to try to meet as many people as I could within this industry to try to get me to where I wanted to be. That's why I'm here.
0: No, I got you, and I'll I'll even add to that with that a level of authenticity. As long as you can network while being authentic and like not really um, just cutting right to it, like you can you can just be a normal person and realize that all human beings are put on earth to help each other. It's not for like, real. not like on this solo dolo yep. adventure. No. So I, I that's, can vibe with that for sure.
1: That, that plays in with what I was talking about of like the relationships with the players of like them being people mm. and like me being authentic with them, I think helps them to be authentic with me. And that's how those relationships build. And it's not just between me and pro athletes or whatever. Like it could be between like you and me when we first met, like, right. We were both authentic and like now we've been buddies for whatever amount of years sure. now. Played 18 on the course last summer. It was only nine because I was late, right?
0: Well, I mean, you didn't know (laughs) that I think we were playing, but you're close. (laughs) Good save. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um, But, yeah, no, like, you got to be authentic and you got to be outward bound. Um, Otherwise, you just you're going to be
0: sitting at home by yourself. Love that. Love that. Mark D'Amico from the Celtics here. Uh, go ahead and plug all your podcasts. I mean, you can go ahead and just tell us your title and then we'll be here for, <laughs> we'll be like, here for two hours. Yeah, I thought you said hours. two minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, go no. ahead and plug all your stuff.
1: Yeah, no, go hit us up. View from the rafters behind the scenes with the Boston Celtics. You can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts, probably where you're listening to this one right now. Um, the The whole point behind it is to be able to tell stories about the franchise that people might have heard but they never heard in the fashion that they're hearing it on that podcast. So um, we're trying to take some unique perspectives into you know the history, the 75 years of history, and then diving into some NBA stuff as well. So um, head on over there. It's myself, Abby Chin, and uh, and Sean Grandy. Those are three voices on the pod.
0: And then your personal, um, your personal stuff as sure. well. Sure.
1: Yeah. So my Twitter is at Mark with a C underscore D'Amico. D A M I C O. And then uh, on Instagram, I'm at Mark D'Amico NBA. There it Feel is. Feel free to follow.
0: There it is. Episode 37 of the It's Always Something podcast. Please like, subscribe, rate, uh, send to a friend. We appreciate you uh, for tuning in. I'd like to thank Mark for coming through. Thanks for having me. And um, we'll catch you all next week.